Recorded live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are the family of Faith Worship Center. This is the family forum. In the background, we got Sly and the family stone playing. It's a family affair. Ah, yes. I don't know. Some of y'all might not remember this, but... I thought it was just appropriate that this is a family affair, so we want to kind of just relax you a little bit tonight as we go in to talk about the family tonight. I am Prophetess Burgess. This is Pastor Nemo Clement, Pastor of Faith, Family of Faith Worship Center, and we're coming tonight live on Facebook, we're on Periscope, and we're on teleconference. So you can join us if you want to join us by teleconference. The number is 724-444-7444. The ID number is 145-965. If you get into the, the calling number, 724-444-7444, and if you just hold, it will transfer you right into the call. You don't even have to put the caller ID number. If you want to uh, chat with us by internet, uh, you can go to talkshoe.com and put in the ID number of 145 and 965 in the search bar in the ID box, and it will pull up our page, and you can go in from there, and you can also chat. If you just want to listen, you can listen on Facebook Live and Periscope, but we'll be starting in a minute. Uh, we thank you and welcome you again tonight to the Family Forum uh, with the Family of Faith Worship Center. Amen, amen, amen. Ah, we're gonna just we're gonna just here we go. We're gonna phase this out as we go into talking about the family forum tonight. Again, I welcome you to the family forum. And uh we want to just kind of go over last week what we talked about that at the end of the the last session, we said that we were going to talk about this. We, we have been talking about the family unit, the godly family unit. Again, we are talking about the godly family unit. So when we talk about the godly family unit, we're talking about a husband and a wife and then children. Okay, so tonight we're going to be talking about, as uh, Pastor Clement said, Apostle Clement said that we will be talking about things that can hinder interferences in the godly family that can cause interference, things that can cause interference in the godly family. So this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. I want to give people time to get in to the call and uh, before we kind of start a little bit. So what I want to do is open up with scripture. Uh, the scripture that I'm going to be reading is Genesis. Uh, we kind of stabilized this on the family unit, because Adam and Eve was the first family unit. Uh, this is what God designed the family unit to look like. So I'm coming from Genesis 2, and I'm going to be reading 18 to 25. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me. If not, you can trust me and read it later on. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, Genesis 2, and I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for me, for him, a help 
meat for him. Let me read that again. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him an help meet. Not a help make, but a help meet. M-E-E-T for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and helped meet from him. So out of all those things that God brought to him, he didn't find the help meet for him. So he said, and the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. That was first surgery, if you don't know. God is a doctor as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the first surgery that was, that was uh, performed by God. He, pulled, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made one man and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, it is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called one man because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were naked and not ashamed. Amen? Amen. So now we know what the family unit is supposed to look like. The family unit uh, starts with the man first, and then the woman, and then there's a marriage. There's a marriage. In some versions, he said he made her his wife. She became his wife. So we know that God intent, intentions for the uh, generation is to be Man and wife, marriage is supposed to God. God likens the church, the body of Christ, to His bride as His bride. So He's He's very big on marriage. He's big on marriage. He's big on marriage being good. And see, this is what we're talking about in the family form. As we said last week, we do understand that sometimes a family does not have a have a married couple there, but circumstances and situations will cause that. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight when we talk about interferences that can cause the family union not to be right. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. And we're going to begin. uh, I'm going to just ask Apostle, does he have anything to say uh, from last week that he might want to talk about before we get into this? Because I'm still trying to give people time to get in to call in. But if if anything that he wants to talk about from last week or does he want to make a statement on this uh, scripture that I just read? Well, thank you for the opportunity, man, to talk about, man, the family, the family, the family. Very important institution, man, very important institution established by God for his purpose. And then last week we we are talking about nakedness, what it means to be naked. Amen. And we said that nakedness means without reservations. Amen. Everything is open 
just like the scripture says, scripture says that we as human beings created by God says that we are naked before him. In other words, we cannot hide from him. And so that is what man nakedness means in the family. Now, the reasons for things going wrong in the families will be that reservations creep in amen, into the family. And when reservation creeps in into the family, then the family becomes porous. Something that is porous is permeable. That means interferences and inferences can affect that particular material or object. Amen. And so nakedness, the, the negligence of nakedness in the family can become an issue. And today we are going to see some of the causes, amen, some of the causes and some of the results of this lack of nakedness in the family. Amen. There are internal and external, amen, interferences of the family or in the family, and we're going to talk about that later on today. But I want to use this opportunity to tell us a story while we are waiting for people to log in. Amen. I'm going to go out of the way. Amen. We said that marriage, I mean, marriage or the family, amen, is the bedrock of society. Amen. And it is the bedrock of the church. And that if something happens, if the, marriage, if the family is not functioning properly, then society doesn't function properly, and the church does not function properly. One of the reasons why we have decided to come out and talk about the family, talk about things that will strengthen the family and build the family, because the family is supposed to be one. All over the scriptures, we are encouraged, amen, to have the mind of Christ or to have to be like-minded in order for us to be able to, in order for us to be able to, amen, strive for this faith that we have. Amen. All that is talking about the solidarity of the family because the church is a family. Me and you are family. That is why we call people in the churches brother, we call sister, brother, sister, because we recognize ourselves as family. And so as family, family unit, amen, we are supposed to be one, amen. We are supposed to be united in purpose. And so when we start off tonight, we are going to, one of the things that we are going to do is talk about the purpose of the family one of the purposes of the family. Amen. Uh, we talked about, last week, we talked about a man, a family being a man and a woman, a man united in marriage or matrimony. And then the children, the rules that bind them together, or the beliefs and practices and the culture and all that that binds them together. Amen. And we talked, we talked about, amen, giving, uh, talking about coming to discuss about the various units of the family, and so on and so forth, amen, the functions of the various units. Amen, we said that if we all understand the functions of the various units of the family, and everybody, everyone, amen, adheres to the functions and carries them out as prescribed, backed up by the scriptures that we will have full alive and abundance, 
And we also defend and we also define what abundance is in this context. It's not the overflow or the excess of gains or profits, amen, that is being able to give up, but the fact that every aspect of our lives, amen, every aspect of the life of the family is being fulfilled. If we are talking about aspects of the family, then we know that the family have dependents. I mean, the family have departments, various departments, and these departments come with duties and functions and responsibilities. And we, what, what we are trying to do is to bring these things to life so we all can focus on them. We will try to remove things like jealousies, amen, that grow in the family, amen, or why these things develop in the family and cause dysfunction. What we are trying to do, in effect, is take the word dysfunction out of the family. Perfect. Well, we're talking about uh, tonight. I'm going to just get back into where we're going tonight. Uh, it is uh, almost at the 9.30 hours, so uh, who's never in is no one in. That's fine. We're just going to go on, and we're going to do what God has called us to do. So tonight, we again, we're going to be talking about some of the things that can cause interference in the family unit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and particularly, we're talking about in the marriage mm-hmm. uh, that will cause uh, some things to be upside down mm-hmm. and uh, cause interference and can also cause divorce. Mm-hmm. And that's when the family unit can change. Mm-hmm. That's where the changing comes in and that it's no longer husband and wife. It might be wife and children or or husband and children. or It's different things that can cause that situation. Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to talk about tonight, one of, uh, one of the major obstacles, and I do have to say this, I am a certified counselor. I do do marriage counseling, premarital counseling. So I find some plus being an ordained uh, minister, I see different things happen in when people are getting married. Sometimes we don't wait for the Lord to marry us or to give us the husband and wives, and we go and we look and we look for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I happened to ask the man of God tonight, I asked him, what does he look for in his marriage? And, uh, you know, looking at his wife, is he looking at his wife for outward appearance, uh, her beauty or how she looks? And he said he doesn't look at the same things most people look at. He looks at the heart, like God. He looks like God. God said he looks at the heart of man. A lot of us doesn't, we don't do that. We look at the outward appearance. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but that cannot be the only decision that you make to get into a marriage. And when we do that, there's a problem. So the, one of the number one obstacles that I find as a counselor, as a, a clergy person, is that the lack of biblical knowledge about marriage. The lack of biblical knowledge about marriage. Uh, not knowing uh, the things that God says marriage should in detail of. You know, what we're looking for in marriage. is not Marriage is not a selfish place. You cannot be selfish in the marriage. In the marriage, you have to be uh, liberal. You have to be liberal in your marriage. You have to be liberal in your marriage. You can't just want things your way. You're going to have to 
give and take sometimes. So we have to understand what the Bible says about marriage. When we read uh, Genesis just now on, on 24, it says, Therefore man should leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one. They are becoming one. When they become one, then they are together as one. So that means that we move as one. We can't move separately apart from each other. We have to discuss things. We have to do things. So I think one of the greatest obstacles is that, one, we don't have premarital counseling uh, when we begin to, or when we're thinking about being married, we don't go and sit and talk with our uh, pastor or anyone, even if you're, you know, well, most of the time if you say that you're a Christian, most people should have a pastor, that there's pastor in that. So before you get married, it be it would be smart and wise. It would be wisdom to go and have premarital counseling. So when you sit and talk in premarital counseling, even if you don't want to do it with your pastor, there are different centers that you can go to, like you can go to a regular counseling session, you can go to a premarital counseling session. And you can uh, sit and talk and know what each one expects from a marriage. When, when Apostle and I today was talking about this, we were talking about it, so I started asking him questions. I started asking, what would you expect in the marriage? What do you want in the marriage? What do you want from your wife? What is, what is it that you want? You see, because we go into a marriage and we're not knowing what each other is, is expecting or what each other is seeing marriage as. And that's one of the things that we need to do, that, and that is done in premarital counseling. You can get to talk to each other and find out what each other is thinking about marriage. You might, you might have been raised in a home where there was not a, a father and a mother, there wasn't a marriage, and this one might have been, your husband might have been raised in a home that there was a marriage. You know, there was a father and mother, and they were in love, and all, or they, you know, they, they go through things. Marriage is work. Just let me just put that there. Marriage is work. It's not always going to be roses. It's not always going to be uh, everything is, is smooth. Sometimes you're going to go through ups and downs, so you're going to have to have a, a biblical sense of what a marriage is supposed to look like and what to do in a marriage. Amen? Amen. You have Amen. something to add to that, Pastor? Uh, no, continue. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, so now, so in, in, in essence, we're saying that you should have, uh, when, you know, when you get ready to, uh, when you first got your driver's license, you just didn't walk right into the building and get your driver's license. You had to study for it. When you learn how to drive, you had to, to take some driving lessons so you'll know how to operate the car on the road. I think that premarital counseling is one of the number one things that a couple should have. And even if you're already married, sometimes you might need counseling. You might need counseling in, in your marriage because you might see you're not seeing things eye to eye. So I want to, I know today I was, kind of studying a little bit about uh, marriage because God has given me a word which I'm going to to release on Sunday on our power hour about marriage. 
you know, God is calling us into the marriage chamber with him. And he said, there are people of marriage, but there's no intimacy in the marriage. Mm. And a lot of people think intimacy is just, it, it's just sex. It's not. You know, that's a part of intimacy. Uh, could be a part of intimacy, especially in a marriage. But there's other things that we have to look at in that marriage. Now, besides just the uh, sexual part of the marriage, God gave us that as a piece to it. But that is not the full, the full thing of marriage. That's only a piece of it. That's the only. That's only a, a piece of the marriage. That's only a piece. So, what I'm saying to you tonight is that we need to look at what God is saying in the Word of God for marriage. I'm going to. Let Apostle talk to you for a minute while I pull that uh, scripture for you that I want to pull for you to talk about marriage. The scripture says, scripture says that there is no counsel, there is no plan, there is no advice against the purpose of God. And the same scripture in Proverbs says that man may have many plans, but it is only the purpose of God that will stand. We've talked about we've talked about marriage counseling before marriage and while in marriage. What we do when we are married Amen. And we go to the scriptures and read the scriptures. What we are doing is we are taking counsel, building our character, building formidability against interference in the family because it then teaches us and gives us instruction how we should handle one another and how we should act. And so we go to the scriptures to do that. And before we are before we are married, we go to the after being engaged, we go to the pastor or the marriage counselor. We go there to get told the men and to be advised on how to conduct the marriage so that the marriage will achieve its purpose and be successful. One of the purposes of the, one of the purposes of marriage, one of the purposes of marriage is not that the individuals, amen that individuals become who they are in the marriage, amen, or arrive to become who they are in the marriage, but that both of them become one. Amen. Amen. They become one unit. Amen. That is the purpose of the marriage. Amen. And when we don't become one, then we leave room. We leave room for interference to come. In other words, interference in the family is a result Amen. Of a breakdown of the internals of the family. Amen. And so, interference talks about a need, a man that is neglected in the family. And when it is neglected, you know, Shakespeare, you know, in Macbeth, Shakespeare said this. He said, "A man is a troubled mind, so their death pillows will speak." Amen. And so, what I do not do or talk to my spouse or my family member about, I will talk to a third party. Amen? 
And that is why it is important for the oneness and unity in the family to be upheld. Amen. In other words, some people, some other people talk about protecting the family unit. I remember last week when we spoke, we talked about protecting the family unit, protecting the purpose. Because when we don't do that, then we will leave outside influences, will be influenced by outside. That was what happened to Eve and the serpent. Amen. There are so many there are so many instances in the scripture. Amen. Because the communication link or the unity in the family was not upheld, things went on. Amen. And so because back in those days, because they can communicate with animals, amen, Eve saw it as Eve saw, saw the serpent as just being something normal, communicating with the serpent because she was not communicating with the husband and the child, and fell prey to the circumstance that we all come to see today. Amen. Amen. I wanna I wanna read uh first Corinthians seven. Mm-hmm. And it talks about marriage, okay? Um, This uh, is Paul talking to the Corinthians. It says, now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry. Mm -hmm. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife, Mm -hmm. and each woman her own husband. Mm -hmm. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, Mm -hmm. and likewise the wife to her husband. Mm -hmm. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. Mm -hmm. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Mm -hmm. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time, Mm -hmm. so that you may devote yourself to prayer. Mm -hmm. Then come together together. together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a confession, not as a commandment. Mm -hmm. I wish that all men were as I, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that gift. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it's good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. But it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married, I give this commandment, not I, but the Lord. Mm-hmm. Here it is again. To, this, to the married, I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband. But if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. To the rest, I say this, I not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer, she's willing to live with him. Now, this is not the Lord speaking. He allows you to know right here in these scripture, in this, like, these verses I'm reading now, he's saying this is I. It's saying that this is me saying this, not the Lord. Now, the prior scripture, what I read, it was the Lord. This is he's saying it's him saying this. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she's willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he's willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but but as it is, they are holy. Now, in this situation, because I, I, I read that because I know uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were on the line, people were asking, well, suppose 
we were married. We wasn't married before we were Christians, and now I'm a Christian, and my husband is still in the world. What do I do? So there's an answer for you right there. So this what I just read in chapter seven. I read from verse one to uh, verse fourteen. But I want to read a, a, a note uh, for the family, uh, which is coming from seven uh, two through seven. It says, a husband and a wife share mutual responsibility for the sexual fulfillment of a marriage partner. Christians cannot complain private possession of their own bodies sent in the one flesh because they're in one flesh. As, as uh, Apostle just said, you become one. So you have to, you have to move as one. You, can just, you cannot just be selfish. And, and this is how we become sometimes uh, because we've been by ourselves so long, we have done what we wanted to do. We become self-centered. Human, uh, humanistically, they are self-centered. So when you become married to and become a married couple, you're going to have to come together on things. You're going to have to speak with things. And here I'm going to talk about the second thing that I want to talk about is that men and women are different. Mm. We are different. Women, we are different. We are made, we are wired different than men. Women are detailed. We talk about details. Uh, a husband will come in and say, uh, how was your day? You ask your husband, how was your day? He says, fine. He asks you, how was your day? You say this. You know, I did this. I went to the grocery store. It's fine, but I went to the grocery store and I did this. And guess who I seen at the grocery store? And you know what I'm going to cook tonight? You go into detail. And all he asked was how your day was. And he said, fine. But you went into fine, but you went into all the other things that you did today. So this is the difference between men and women. Men, women are more detailed about things than men are. So sometimes the communication can be left. That's the third thing, communication. The communication and our differences as being men and women. Again, in Genesis, it said that we are to be the man's help meet. We are to meet needs that he has. We are to fulfill the needs that he has. And I'm not talking about waiting on him hand and foot because that, your husband can do that for you. I'm not talking about things like that. I'm talking about where he's lacking. I remember Pastor was saying on the line one day, he's not a good person in finances, so he gives his wife the money to, to take care of things. He, he gives his, the wife to take care. You know, he says, I know that's not one of my good places, so I just come home from working and I give the check to my wife because she, can't, she handles money better. You see what I'm saying? So we have to understand the part and the role that we play in our marriage. For one thing, we need to know the roles that we play in our marriage. As, and that's where the biblical aspect of it comes from. What role are you playing as a woman? Women, read Proverbs 31. Apostle, Proverbs what, should men, 31. what should men read to know <laughs> how to be a husband? Amen. Amen. Men should read this. Hallelujah. Praise God. The whole Bible as a whole you read as a man. You stay in it, stay in it until. But this is what I this is what I advise. This is what I advise. I advise that men read Proverbs. There are thirty one chapters in Proverbs. So you can read one chapter a day. Amen. 
Another good book to read, amen, is the book of Ephesians and the book of Timothy. Amen. Read these books. It gives practicality. You know, it gives practicality on how you should handle yourself in the midst of company, in the midst of a group. It might not be necessarily a family, but the fact that the church is is seen or described as a family, that would be something that will help. Because one thing we want to know, you know, the scripture says in verse 32 of chapter 5 of Ephesians, it says, as unto God, Mm -hmm. as unto God. Amen. So your wife or your husband is not expected, amen, to respect, to do anything for you or this, that, and the other when you are out of that as unto God. In other words, you are supposed to be in the place of God in order for them to act the way they should act or the way you expect them to act or the way, amen, the scripture, the body expects them to act. Because what they are doing for you, the, 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 the requirements they are to meet, they are not necessarily meeting it to you, but to God, because you are a representative of God in that family. And so what they are doing is unto God, not to you. And so if you are out of the place of God, that is the definition of one that is wicked. They will stay away from you, and they will be right in those circumstances. Amen. 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 So it is important. For us to throw the light of God. Perfect. Well, that 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 is uh, definitely for sure, and that's why uh, the first thing I said that when we started off, that the reason why a lot of marriages have problems and interference and allow different outside influences into their marriage is because they have the lack of biblical knowledge about marriage. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what marriage really details. Marriage is not just that. Marriage is not just being I'm getting married so I can have a free pass to have sex. And a lot of people marry for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The world is there. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, a lot of us come from the world. You see, and we sometimes we have to retrain. That's why the Lord says to renew your mind. Be ye transformed. Don't be conformed to the things of the world, but be ye transformed by renewing your mind. What do you renew your mind with? You renew your mind with the word of God. And this is how you will be able to, to live and, and you'll be able to uh, filter your life through the word of God. You need the word of God. This is your instructions on how to live in the earth. Because if you don't have this, you want, this is not written for sinners. It's not written for sinners. The Bible is written for those that are believers in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's what the Bible is written for, to give us instructions on how to live, how to live our life here on the earth. Again, because we're here as a spiritual being having an earthly experience, we're amongst the world, but we have to learn that we can't live like the world. We are not to live like them. We are to exhibit. When, when the Israelites were taken out of, of, of captivity in Egypt, when the Lord sent them over, he told them, when you go into the new land, don't take up their customs. Don't intermarry with their people because their people will turn your sons and daughters from me. So we have to remember that and keep that in mind in order for our life to be productive in our marriages with our children we need the guidelines of the of biblical instruction. Mm. We need biblical instructions 
in order for every for everything. For everything. There is something in the when you have a situation or circumstances, it's here in this word how to conquer it. And we don't do that. We we go to other sources, we go to mama and we go to our best friend to talk to things. So here's another thing we have outside influences in our marriages. And that's not a good thing. When we have the outlier, I'm I'm going to say we have we have uh, children. Our children can cause uh, things going on in our marriage. Uh, in laws, other relatives, other family members, friends. You see, when you allow <laughs> when you allow when you allow friends, and I'm saying this to women. I'm saying this to women, and I, I I can say it to men too. Women, we have friends. And we talk amongst ourselves as women to other women, and we figure, hey, listen, this is going on in my house, you know, we want to have somebody to talk to. And we seem to always talk to somebody that's single. And they want to give you advice on your marriage. How are you going to get a marriage? <laughs> You're getting advice from a single person about your marriage. That's, I, I think if you want to get some advice, Get it from somebody that you see that has been married for a while, and 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 their marriage seems constructive. And it's, because again, I will say this again: that marriages work. You know, it's not always going to be rosy. So people, you might find somebody that married been married twenty five, thirty years. You might ask them, say, "Hey, how, you know, how did you do this? You know what?" And I find I have spoken to some women uh, when I was younger. Uh, there were some women on my job. They were celebrating 40 years of, you know, marriage. And I was like, wow, that's so wonderful. How did you stay married for 40 years? And they would actually say, it's nothing but God. You know, because they admit it. In their first part of their years, they were very selfish. Their self was selfish. And God had to change some things in themselves in order for them to be able to, to be with their husband. We get in praying when we start to pray and God changed him. No, say God changed me, not change him. Because even when you do that, God will talk to you about you. Mm-hmm. He's not going to talk to you about him. He's going he's to point something to you. When you ask God to change your husband, he's going to show you something about yourself. So uh, in a marriage, we really do have to communicate with God. First and foremost, God has to be the head of the marriage. I want to even go back there and say that uh, uh, in, the, in the first thing of the lack of biblical knowledge about marriage. You need to have God as the head of the marriage. Because if you don't have God as the head of the marriage, there is going to be complications in that marriage. Mm-hmm. It's going to be complications because you're not going to know how to deal with the person. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to pray and ask God, how, uh, uh, God, you know, how do I do this? And, you know, especially if there's some people that's been in more than one marriage. And they might have been in the first marriage. In the first marriage, it wasn't, it wasn't through God. The second marriage might be through God. So you're, you're, you're in a whole different lifestyle here. Because when you're in God, God will show you things about you. When you're in a marriage that's not of God, you are in you. <laughs> You're in yourself. You know what I'm saying? But God will make you come out of yourself and love that person more than you love yourself. 
You see what I'm saying? You see, because in God we are selfless, but out of God we're selfish. Mm-hmm. You see, so when we come in God, we become selfless, and when we're selfless, that will make the marriage work better because you are willing to adjust. You are willing to adjust yourself. God help me to be the wife that I need to be to my husband. I have, you know, we, we were talking about uh, one week on family form, the things that could, you know, uh, upset, again, a marriage. And how do we weigh this? How do I weigh uh, my husband leaving the toilet seat up? Or, or I, because I, I'm a fanatic about the toothpaste and, and I don't like to squeeze in the middle and he likes to squeeze it in the middle. Am I going to leave my marriage because my husband squeezes the toothpaste in the middle? Or will I go in there and just push the toothpaste back up the way I like it? You know what I'm saying? My husband leaves the toilet seat up. Am I going to fuss with him all morning long about him leaving the toilet seat up? Or, or am I going to put the toilet seat down? You see, little things like these, these are, the, as the word say, the small foxes that spoil the vine. And we allow those small foxes to get in and cause interference in our marriage. Those are the outside, these are the things that come, Internet, TV. I've noticed that people don't sit down and talk to each other anymore. They don't hold conversations. Husbands and wives don't hold conversations with each other anymore unless it's a, a, a fly-by-night conversation of, well, what are we going to do about bills or, uh, you know, can you pick up Tommy from school or uh, uh, are you going to take this one, this child to the track meet or something like that? But for them to just even sit down and have some quiet time with each other. I was speaking to my son, and he, his, him and his wife just had a newborn baby. And he was telling me that they, they have other kids, and he said they were going away for the weekend. And I said, that is a wonderful thing. He said, Mommy, because we haven't spent no time with each other since the baby was born. He said he works early in the morning, she works later, so when, by the time she comes home in the evening, he's about sleep because he gets up with the baby at a certain time, he let her sleep. And then by the time she gets up, he's already at work. So they don't really get to see each other, so they decided to have a weekend just for themselves without the, without the children. You see, and sometimes we need to do that as well. Mm-hmm. That's where the communication with each other comes in. So... Let's go back and kind of talk about and rehash what we just talked about because we're, we're getting close to the hour. So I want to come back and talk about what we talked about for this week because we have not even scratched the surface. Mm. We have not even scratched the surface. There is some more to this, but I wanted to come on tonight because God really spoke to me about families today and how uh, that families, we need to be able to sit down and compromise and talk to each other and, and filter do things. I want to just say this one thing before I go on because I was talking about the third, the third thing was outside and, or the fourth thing was outside influence. Outside influence and one of the things for outside influence were our children. Some of us have grown children, some of us have small children. We have to understand that God created the family unit, husband, wife, then children. We cannot put our children before our, our mates. 
We can't do that. Your children are your children and you love them dearly. But you can't put your children before your mate. You can't do that. And you can't let your children separate you. So when you're parenting children, you have to parent your children together. Mm-hmm. You have to make decisions for your, parent, your children together. Not one parent saying this and the other one saying this because that's where the children see it and they will cause division in your marriage. Uh, newborns, newborns, especially with a new, a new couple that just had, this is their first child. And I, I'm just running through, through those things because we're going to be talking about these topics for the next few weeks. So I'm kind of trying to run through this, these things in this uh, next uh, five, ten minutes. Um, newborns. Newborn children, couples with newborns, the husband and the wife have shared their first years of their marriage or the first six months. Sometimes people go two and three years married together before they have their first child. So they have just spent the time together in those first two or three years, and it's just everything has been each other. Then the baby comes, and the man always seems to be pushed to the side when the baby comes, because not intentionally, but the women seem to have to care for the child. So this is something that I got from my son, and it's just a beautiful thing. I watch how he parents. He parents with his mate. He parents with her. You know, so he is part of that baby just like him. So now he's not missing anything. So they're both a part of it. So you are part of the child. You be... You're not lacking. The husband is not over here while you're always with the child. You're both parenting the child. You're both taking care of the child so he's not left to the side feeling like unwanted because all the last three years it was just you and him. Now there's this baby, and then that can cause a little division as well in the household. I just wanted to mention that because uh, we can allow children to take prevalence over our mates. And we don't want to do that. They are our children and we love them. But they should never uh, take precedence over your husband or over your wife. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's go back and let's look at what we looked at tonight. Uh, the obstacles that can cause interference in your marriage, in your family unit. Because again, if, if if it's causing division between the mother and the, the the mother and the father, it's going to trickle down to the children. Okay, so it starts with you, and it trickles down to your children. So that's why you want to stop it before it gets to that place. So the first thing I said, number one thing that we must do and should do. Uh, even before we think about getting married, is have premarital counseling. We should have some some kind of training. And even after you marry, go to some marriage seminars. You know, go to marriage seminars. Your church have one. If you see another church have one. I, I, I have this thing, you know, that if it's something being taught, whether it's in your church or it's on a, a Internet or something, if it's a, if it's a, a good and, and wholesome something that you can get something out of, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, that's why we come on uh, Periscope and Facebook Live and we do the teleconference of uh, TalkShoe or TalkShoe to 
talk about things that will help the family. Uh, I'm not trying to get you to come to Family of Faith Worship Center. If you you choose to join and come and, and visit us, that's wonderful. I would love to see you. We'll greet you and love you. But I'm just trying to help you in some places in your marriage, in your family unit. That's what God has called us to do. He says, each one, teach one. Mm. Each one, teach one. Yes. And that's what we're doing. That's what Apostle and I, we have become a church without walls so that we can teach one. And then so that one can teach another one. And then we can get into the place of what God wants us to be, whole. Whole. He said we are holy people, but we also he was also saying W H O L L Y, which means in totality everything is in place. So God wants us to be holy. God wants us to be holy. So let me just run through this quick because I think we're at the hour. Uh, we talked about the one obstacle of being lack of biblical knowledge about marriage. So we want to get some biblical knowledge about marriage. So I'll say to you, study the Bible. Google marriage. Uh, Go to the back of your study Bible, marriage, and look up marriage, and they'll give you scriptures on marriage. Read. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Pray. Ask God how do you uh, counteract things that's going on in your marriage. Amen? Get some counseling. Talk to some people that have experience in marriage. Amen? Know that you are different, woman. Know that you're a different man, that you are, there's a difference between the two of you. There's a difference. Uh, women see things heart to heart. Men see things in thought. Sometimes uh, your husband can say something to you that he wants you to process through your mind, but we as women process it through our heart, and it can cause a problem because he never meant for it to process through your heart. He meant for you to process through your mind. So we are different. So just keep that in mind that we are different. The other thing we talked about was the communication style. Again, I said women are very detailed. We communicate heart to heart. Men communicate thought to thought. So we com- we, we we communicate different. Some men don't just say anything. So we have to remember that. The last thing we begin to touch was outside influences. So next week when we come, we're going to pick up from there. Uh, we'll rehash on the rest of it, but we're going to pick up from outside influences because that is in detail. That's a lot of different things that can cause uh, interference from the outside. So I'm going to ask Apostle, does he have anything to say before we close? Amen, amen. Indeed, it has been it has been a pleasure. It has been an awesome. Please don't miss up Sunday morning, our hour, because she is coming out with a word of God for the married family, so please come out. And from here on up next, from next Thursday, we are going to go into specifics about the outside interferences and by the grace of God, offer solutions to this, how to handle these outside interferences 
Remember, the purpose of this program is to encourage and to build families to live full of life as being opened by God. Amen. And so come back next week. We are going to we are going to deal with these things in detail. Amen. Backed up by scripture, experiences, and how these things are solved. Amen. But I want to give the order of things, the order of things as proposed by God. Amen. For the family. Amen. God first, the family second, job third. <laughs> and in the family, in the family. Either the husband first, the wife second, for the man, for the woman, the husband first, the wife second, the children third. Okay? And for the man, the wife first, the children second, and the job third. That is the way it goes, amen, in the family. And if we keep that order of things, then we would we would move an inch further, amen, in the advancement of the family. I am very, very grateful that you all come out tonight to hear us talk about the family. We are grateful because without you, it will not be easy for us to do the things that we do. You encourage us to do into this research and bring up materials to help us grow, amen, in the Lord, in the area he wants us to grow. So I am very, very grateful. Thank you for coming out, and I pray that something has been said tonight that is going to strengthen your family. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for blessing your children with your counsel this evening. Heavenly Father, we pray that the word that has been spoken, Heavenly Father, will settle in our hearts and our minds. Heavenly Father, that we will be enkindled by them, that we will decide to use them, Heavenly Father, as a formula to lead our families into the purpose which you have, which you have purposed for us. And we will give you glory and honor, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the silence. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the participation. All that came out tonight, Heavenly Father, pray that you will grant you will anoint their ears and their minds, Heavenly Father, that they will be able to perceive and discern what is right and do that, Heavenly Father, for the glory of your name. We give you honor and glory tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for coming. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. We will see you again next Thursday. Next Thursday. But I want to pause before I close out all the way. I just want to ask you if you can uh, Facebook us. You can Facebook us uh, at Family of Faith Worship Center. Questions, uh, things that you might want to talk about, topics that you want to talk about, you can message us on a Family of Faith Worship Center page. Or you can email us at sofwc1 at gmail.com. Amen? Amen. 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 So we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.